Welcome to the teacher and the preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher. Welcome to the teacher and I'm the teacher, Harold Furman. And I'm the preacher, Dave McGarrah, and we are so grateful to have you joining us this weekend on The Teacher and the Preacher. You know, for those of you who may be new to the program, it's a raw conversation between an Orthodox Jew and a Christian pastor who dares to talk about anything and everything without it being pre-rehearsed. So we go where angels fear to tread. And part of that is high-risk guests that we have that have been such a blessing to us across the years, and today is no exception. So I want to just take and introduce a very special guest that we have who's not only a special guest, but she has been a longtime friend, and that is Peggy Goldman. And so let me just tell you a little bit about her. I met her a number of years ago due to the fact that her and her husband's travel agency is the one that uh, was used to help me get to Israel. I didn't know a thing about their travel agency, which is known as Friendly Planet. All I knew is I'm going to Israel. But I can tell you this, who your travel agent is, is important. And so um, over the years of taking groups to Israel, We've uh, always just enjoyed the relationship we have with uh, Peggy and her husband, Elon, and their their travel agency, Friendly Planet. And that's how we ended up getting acquainted. And since that time, have spent uh, numerous days together and uh, enjoyed uh, fellowship and relationship and partnership in um, helping people get to Israel. So, Peggy, welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher, and uh, please just know that we're just delighted to have you here. And We just want to visit uh, a little bit today about helping people uh, who would like to actually make a trip to Israel uh, and how they go about that. But why don't you tell them a little bit how you got involved in this as you get started with us today? Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks for, uh, and Harold, thanks very much for having me and giving me an opportunity to talk about my all-time favorite subject, which is travel to Israel. That's not marketing speak. That whole concept, the whole concept of travel to Israel, supporting Israel, um, loving Israel, (laughs) is how I got involved in this business. And it's what's kept me from never feeling a single day in my life that I was working. Mm. It always seemed like something wonderful to do with my time. And um, um, I'm also very grateful and blessed to have met you, Dave and Jerry. And uh, right, we have spent many wonderful 
uh, times together. And I expect that once we're able to move around again, that we will continue doing that. Hopefully, we'll I meet up in Israel. So. Yes. <laughs> I love so that. I, I uh, got involved in the world of travel in a very odd way. I was actually teaching um, in Camden, New Jersey, which at that time was like Dresden after the bombing. And <laughs> I, I was uh, this uh, white, uh, short, white, privileged English teacher who <laughs> went to work in uh, a very um, difficult, rough neighborhood. And I got, after two years, got laid off from my job. And that kind of coincided with uh, finding myself also um, a single mother with two young boys. So I needed a job to be able to support myself. And I, um, I looked for something to do. And at the time, there weren't a lot of jobs for English teachers. But a friend said, hey, you know a lot of people in Philadelphia. So why, why don't you go and see if you can get a job in a travel agency and just so happened that the first job that i landed was in an agency that was specializing in israel and uh that was in 1980 so i started working when i was 12 dave <laughs> i love that and, uh, <laughs> i love that you remind I, me of myself I, <laughs> I i um i was there i guess for a month or two uh very, very, very green in the industry. And I found out about an event that was going to take place in Jerusalem in June of 1981. It was to be the first world gathering of Holocaust survivors in Israel. And there was a lot of excitement about that. And I said, oh my gosh, I have to do this with uh, three generations of one family. Uh, all of us coming to Jerusalem uh, to hear who uh, the, the prime minister at the time was Menachem Begin. And we, we came to hear him say never again and to say it back to him, which we did. It was, uh, I got myself somehow appointed as the official <laughs> Philadelphia tech. Delegation. I'm not 100% sure how I did that because I really and truly knew nothing about organizing groups. But I was so motivated to do this that I ended up organizing uh, a group from the Philadelphia area. We were 200 people joining um, what turned out to be about 10,000 survivors and their families. Wow. And it really was uh, a seminal moment in my life. And I, 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 from that first trip, was addicted to the idea that I, as a child of Holocaust survivors, could have something to do with supporting Israel in a way that was really important to Israel and that would also give me a way to earn a living. Uh, which that last part was not so easy until my husband, Elon, became my partner and figured out <laughs> that it was okay to make a living. <laughs> but but um, I, I started working with Groups to Israel very early on. And very soon after that first event, I was able to do a presentation at a local church. And that became my first 
Christian group to Israel. I accompanied them. And it was also a life-changing experience because it gave me the understanding that I hadn't had before, that Israel had an enormous amount of support in the Christian community. There were Christians who were visiting Israel to see all the Bible places, but this group was also supportive of Israel as a place, as a, as a nation. And um, that really excited me. And I was able after that time to find ways to speak in churches all over the country and began organizing um, and helping pastors bring their, uh, bring their um, congregants to Israel on pilgrimages and uh, also have an opportunity whenever it was possible to show them as much of the land of Israel, not, not only from the biblical perspective, but also as a modern nation that was built by people like my parents. My parents never made it to Israel uh, as, as, um, as citizens of Israel, but they, uh, they cared a lot about the country. And this, it became um, a vision quest for me that I would be um, a nice Jewish girl from Philadelphia who was spending her time helping Christians to uh, come to Israel and get to know Israel and love Israel. And the rest is history. Here we are all these years later. And um, uh, I'm a very lucky person to have lived a dream that I hope I never wake up from. Well, you know, That's you great. guys have helped get so many, many people across the years to Israel to experience it. And, you know, there's no place like Israel on the face of the earth. It's just, it's, it's, it's a God, it's a God thing. I mean, he created the whole world, but I mean, there's something always special and unique about Israel. And, and I love that you, you gave yourself to that because that's how I ended up having a chance to go to Israel. That's how things began to change in my life. And if it weren't for, you know, getting connected with Israel and uh, many of our Jewish friends, I would have never met my radio partner here, Harold, and uh, that's been a blessing. So little did you know how God would use that whole thing uh, to help link people up. Thank I you. Honestly, I honestly didn't know, but it really was a blessing. Um, my parents, I, I had mentioned my parents were Holocaust survivors, and in their life experience, they didn't know what it what some Christians were doing to support Israel. And during their lifetime, they're both passed on now. But I used to take my mother with me to uh, to New York when we saw groups that were leaving from New York, we would drive to New York and have an opportunity to meet the group and and um, uh, many times uh, become part of a prayer circle. And I think that those experiences were also life-changing to my parents. Mm. They, they, they had an opportunity to see a side of, of, of Christianity that was supportive or Christian people, better said, that who who really uh, walk the walk, 
and not just talk the talk. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it it was uh, it was an enormous catharsis for both of them, and especially for my mother. So I, I to this day, I'm grateful to all of those groups, all of those um, uh, wonderful people who uh, prayed for my parents and prayed for me and uh, cared so deeply about something that means so much to us. So it's it's a win-win. Yeah. Now, Peggy, uh, I saw in your bio, it, it says, you know, Friendly Planet works with groups and individuals traveling all over the world. You know, you, you, you go to all kinds of countries, but it said, you know, that Israel is still your favorite place at all of all. So right. I, I wonder if you could, you know, you, you've obviously talked about, you know, how amazing it was on, on that first trip. But I wonder if you, you could say, you know, why you know, there are a lot of amazing places on the planet. Why is Israel still your favorite place of all? It's it's the the business of the God thing. You you have a sense when you go to Israel. There there are a lot of reasons why it's special. Um, it's it's a microcosm of of problems, and it's also a miraculous. It's a miraculous story. It's knowing that people who survived the gas chambers rolled out of those horrific circumstances, got on boats and smuggled themselves into Israel and built a country yes. that today is a first world country. It's modern. It's a source of a lot of the technology yes. and, and discoveries that uh, are made in the world. And you see that everywhere. It's, it's become a culinary haven it's uh, uh, it's it's artistic. There's culture everywhere, and there's also the ancient walk, the ancient paths, and the 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 things that are constantly being discovered there that offer proof of the Bible, and it's it's all of those things. And I've been to many places around the world because of my business, but there isn't any place that I've ever found that has that miraculous aspect to it. Yes. There's no reason why Israel should exist. <laughs> There's no reason why the Arabs didn't destroy it when, when David Ben-Gurion had the audacity to proclaim uh, a, a, a free Jewish state. There's no reason why... Um, all those armies in all those attempts didn't manage to destroy it. There's just no reason except that uh, I, I, it's miraculous. It's a yes, God thing. Yes. And that I think you have to go to Israel and really look at it. Dave um, knows this probably better than I do because he's been there many times with many different people and sees it from that perspective. Um but that's why it's special. And if you were only going to go to one place in the world, then that would be the place that I would recommend that you go. So Peggy, let's talk about getting people there. Um, share with our listeners, uh, what, what does travel to Israel look like uh, this year? Is that, is that possible? You know, Israel has been really the most locked down nation really in the world. But uh, yep. is it possible to actually think about making a trip there this year? 
I think that we are definitely, uh, at the moment, our plans are to start uh, traveling again in July. That's what we're shooting for. We, um, we feel that by July, uh, many, piece, many potential travelers will have received uh, the vaccines. Everybody in Israel who is possible to get vaccinated will have been vaccinated by then. They are just doing remarkable things with vaccinations there. Uh, they're also now helping Palestinians get vaccinated. So the surrounding areas, uh, the people coming into Israel to work will be vaccinated hopefully by then. Um, Israel is already preparing the infrastructure, the hotels, uh, the buses, uh, all of the, the sites are being prepared so that they're clean and uh, uh, people can go there without fear. Luckily, most of those places are outdoors. And we use a whisper system, which a sound system in Israel. So there's no reason for groups, no matter how large they are, to cluster around the person speaking because uh, the person speaking will have a microphone to speak to people so we can maintain uh, physical distancing. I suspect that there'll be some uh, some requirements. Probably we'll need uh, a PCR test, uh, a negative PCR test before boarding the plane. And we'll probably- it's probably true everywhere right now. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely true everywhere. Any place that is going to open will require that kind of testing. And hopefully uh, we'll be doing a little bit better by July so that people will be able to take the test and have the results all within uh, the 72 hours that I think uh, is the standard right now. Although I'm seeing some uh, some countries requiring now 90, I think 92 hours I've seen, and Israel may stretch to that point just for the convenience of travelers. But I think that they're, they're working very hard now to make it possible for tourism to resume. So at this and, point, you, you don't hear them saying every person who wants to come to Israel is required to get the vaccine. What I hear you no. saying is that every person who wants to come to Israel when they when they open is going to have to have that COVID test and and validation of that. Correct. I the reason I mentioned the vaccine is that I think that having the vaccine will give people who are a little bit squeamish about going more confidence in the fact that they will be taken care of. Yeah. I mean that they they'll be able to resist the, the any infection because they've had the vaccine. So it'll give people confidence to be able to travel. Um, certainly by the fall, uh, it'll probably, there'll probably be a slow reopening. It, summer is a very good time in Israel. Uh, lots of people travel. And I think that, that we'll see some travelers going as early as July. And as the summer continues by August, September, I expect that we'll be um, operating our regular tours, even though they'll, they may be smaller numbers, but certainly uh, we expect to be operating those tours. That won't be true for, other, for every place in the world, but uh, I have a lot of confidence that we'll be able to do it for Israel. Good, good. So let's talk for just a minute about that person who would 
really like to be able to go, but they're not connected with a, a group or maybe even a church community. Uh, can they still have access to a trip to Israel through Friendly Planet? Um, we actually have um, a program that we uh, operate on set departures, and we include, yes, they absolutely can. It's a, it's a program intended exactly for those people who don't have a way to get there with within like a church community, um, which to my mind is probably the best way to have that experience because sure. your your sure. your perspective is always in the right place but for those people who don't have that uh, opportunity definitely we have a, a program on our website that um, has lots of departures all during the year and if people are interested in uh, in visiting all they have to do is call us or log on uh, we have uh, the 800 number is 800 555-5765. And the web address is friendlyplanet.com. Just look for biblical journeys and um, or just put Israel in the in the search browser and it'll pop right up. Love that. Love that. Peggy, when I speak with both Jews and Christians who want to visit Israel, the biggest reason, hands down, that I hear for, you know, I'd love to go, but is perception of problems with safety. Uh, I'm not having ah. COVID now, I'm talking about, you know, they think they've read the news. And as we know, the perception is very different from the reality. I wonder if you might address that in terms of, you know, you've had a long experience in the industry and uh, you'll know what safety is really like in Israel as opposed to people's perceptions that might keep them from going. Oh, with pleasure. It's it's probably the biggest misconception that people have. If you want to be in a place where you will be safe, I suggest you go to Israel. <laughs> yes. Very <All> right. <laughs> little, very little of uh, shenanigans that happen in other parts of the world happen in Israel. Israel learns from, in, there have been some difficult situations in the past. In fact, in 2000, when the Second Intifada was uh, began, um, we, this was the reason that we actually started uh, offering des other destinations around the world. It was because we wanted our business to survive. <laughs> but even then, in those days, we were organizing solidarity missions and all kinds of other travel for intrepid Israel visitors. And even then, it was safer to go to Israel than it was to go to uh, Center City, Philadelphia. And that's because the Israelis pay a lot of attention to safety. Um, if somebody gets away with something bad in Israel, the Israelis learn from it. And there's there's safety. Every, there are safety protocols everywhere. Yep. Fortunately, they're done in a way that you don't always see them. Granted, you have to open your purse every time you walk into any kind of venue, a store, a restaurant, whatever. Um, but the Israelis are very astute at stopping problems before they start. 
and having been uh, a frequent visitor um, over the 40 years that I've been in this business, a frequent visitor numerous times a year, I have yet to be in a situation that I, I, I've, I mean, from petty crime to terrorism, I've never witnessed anything untoward and neither have the thousands and thousands and thousands, many thousands of people that we've sent to Israel, neither have they ever been in an uncomfortable situation. Yep. So yep. I vote for Israel as being the number one safest place in the world to visit. I agree. Do you know the people that uh, the biggest fear that people have experienced uh, come true is that they ate too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they ate too much. They had too much fun. They couldn't buy enough soup. They they bought too many souvenirs yeah. and had to go get another suitcase. Um, yeah. they couldn't get to see everything that they were dying to see that's why it's it's such a it's such an anomaly this tiny little piece of geography um every place you step has something worth knowing worth seeing so yeah uh but safety is safety is definitely not an issue and people should really um put that fear aside the only the only fear they should have is not making the commitment to do the trip that's right well it's been great to have you on the program with us this weekend peggy thank you so much for the input and uh, we've been talking with peggy goldman uh she uh has dedicated her life to helping people get to israel and uh, their travel agency is friendly planet friendlyplanet.com, and I want to encourage you to to go there and scope it out. If you have a heart that wishes you could get to Israel, um, you you take that first step of faith, get your passport, and go online, and uh, Friendly Planet will bend over backwards to help you uh, actually fulfill what's been on your bucket list for a lot of years. And so I, I want to encourage you to do that and consider traveling this year. Peggy, thanks so much for joining us this weekend. Thank you very much for having me. It was really fun. Harold, how about you uh, let our listeners know how they can contact us? So best place to contact us, first stop is our website, www.teacherandthepreacher.com. So without the the at the beginning, just teacherandthepreacher.com. You can access all of our archive shows there, and you can also contact us through the contact form. We read every one we get. You can email us at theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. And you can also check out our Facebook page, The Teacher and the Preacher on Facebook, where you also get a fact of the day, uh, information about Israel, Judaism, and Christianity. You often won't find in other places. I love that. So did I just hear you right? Did you say not the the? Is that what you said? Not the the, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's grammatically correct, isn't it? (laughs) You know, just teacher and the preacher dot com dot com it's a great yeah. place to go if you'd like to uh stand by Harold and I and keep us on the air you can just scroll down click on the donate button it's totally painless isn't it Harold absolutely absolutely yes. painless <laughs> 
And uh, we so appreciate our donors and our sponsors. Thank you again for joining us this weekend on The Teacher and the Preacher. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may the God of Israel, who neither slumbers nor sleeps, may he watch over Israel and the Jewish people, and may God bless America. Amen. The Teacher and the Preacher will be back next Sunday for another discussion on how Christians and Jews can come to once again proclaim that the United States is truly a Judeo-Christian nation. To contact the Teacher and the Preacher, email them at theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. That's theteacherandthepreacher at gmail.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and give you shalom. Shalom.